Nutter as he comes to priest. Amen. Why don't we give that to the Lord together one more time? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that's here today. And uh, I am, again, honored to be preaching tonight. Uh, I was a little worried that maybe after this morning I wouldn't get invited back, but they already asked me to come for two services, so I guess, I guess you're stuck with me. It's so good to be here. Uh, I had a great time today, spending time with uh, everyone, and uh, this is a great church. I got to spend some time catching up with a few of my good friends from when I was 15, 16, 17. Uh, I just kept, I just was sitting there, and people just kept coming up to me that I had never or I hadn't seen in years. So it was great to see some of our friends again. We honor your pastor, uh, even in his absence. I think we ought to just take a moment. I'm not sure even with the time change, but I'm sure he's preaching tonight. Uh, But why don't we just lift our hands and let's ask the Lord to bless our pastor as he ministers uh, in Canada right now. Let's pray for him. Jesus, we're praying for Pastor Urshan right now. I pray in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, that you would touch him, that you would give him an authority to minister to your word. God, I pray that those that are there would hear what thus saith the word of the Lord in Canada, God. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would give him traveling strength and anoint him and use him for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 8, verse 16. We'll spend some time there tonight. I don't plan on preaching long, but uh, you know how that goes. Mark 8, verse 16 through 29. And they reasoned among themselves. This is the disciples saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason? Because you have no bread. He said, perceive ye not yet? Neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? What he's looking at them is, is he's kind of looking at them, really, that's like, this is, that's King James, we'll just kind of translate it into Anthony Nutter terminology. Really, guys? Really? For real? 18, verse 18. Having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember. He said, don't you remember what I've done? And when I break five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said unto them, Seven. And he said unto them, Really? How is it that you do not understand? How is it that you don't understand that if I've done it before, I'll do it again? 
Come on, if, if, if I've done it in the past, I'll do it in your future. And if I've provided some miracles in your past, I can still provide it in your future. I'll still provide it in your future. So easy for us to forget when we get in the middle of something. We think that God can't do it even though he's done it before. So I'm going to preach just for the next little while on this subject, resolution. Resolution. Let's lay our Bibles, our phones down. One more time, let's just pray. But I want you to pray right now for you to hear the word tonight. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you once again for this opportunity to be in your presence. I pray that you would anoint our hearts, anoint our minds again to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. God, you've given me a word tonight. God, let me deliver it with the, with the clarity that you have spoken into my spirit. God, let us hear tonight what thus saith the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Why don't you give a hand clap of praise to Jesus? Come on, with everything you've got, let's raise our expectation level for what the Lord can do in this house tonight. Come on, I just believe he can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost tonight. I just believe the Lord can work a miracle for you tonight. I just believe the Lord can have somebody baptized in Jesus' name tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Resolution. Resolution. You can be seated. Again, if I could just have just a little bit more monitor, I would be deeply appreciative. Over the years, we have witnessed one of the most amazing progressions of technology in history. The progression of high-resolution displays across the technology industry has seen really an amazing leap forward in the last 20 years. What started as those little what started as a black and white image where you would turn and turn the clicker, you know, and you'd have to get the bunny ears just right. Young people, I know you're not going to believe this, but back in the day, people actually stood up and then turned the clicker. You didn't just sit down or like think it and your phone automatically did it or something like that. It was just, you had to actually stand up. I know that's hard to believe. This black and white fuzzy screen and then came color images and then came 720 pixels, that's what they called HD. Then it developed to 180 pixels or 1080p. That was the big deal back in the day was if you could get a nice 1080p screen, that was a serious deal. Now the progression has developed even more to what they call 4K, which is an astonishing amount of pixels in a screen. And uh, I know many of you are not nerds in this room like I am. I once was standing in Walmart. I was just standing there, just looking at all the options of what was out. I am kind of a nerd, so I kind of like to go look at, okay, what's the newest thing or what's the newest thing that I'm uh, too poor to buy because I've got two kids. And, and uh, I went and lo- was looking, and a, and a man just walked up to me. And he said, now, would you suggest buying an iPhone or an Android, and which one would you suggest? And I said, oh, no, sir, sir, I... I don't, I don't work here. He said, oh, I know. You just look like you know about this kind of stuff. Okay. I 
I said, well, of course, if you want to be saved, you've got to have an, an Apple iPhone. If, you, if you're an Android fan, listen, tonight we're going to have a deliverance service. You can, you can turn those in and God will bless you, I promise. You can be freed of that, I promise, tonight. Have an old-fashioned prayer line right up here. I'm sure Pastor or Brother Colby will be leading the way, I'm sure. Laying folks, laying hands on folks, freeing them, from, freeing them of their Android devices. But what is a pixel? Does anybody remember being so close to a screen that you would put your face directly on the screen? And you'd see those little red, yellow, and blue tiny dots. I remember thinking that I was going over to my grandparents' house and watching Barney and thinking that if I put my face close enough to the screen that I could get in there with them, you know. Did you do that too, Anna? Okay, thank you. Everybody else is looking at us like we're crazy. It's me and you, girl. We, we got this. I remember looking at those little red, yellow, and blue dots. Those are pixels, okay? So I'm kind of setting up. You're all thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Just humor me for a few more moments. And not only are we satisfied with, not only are we not satisfied with just giant screens, but now we want to see an entire 3D experience. Now you have to watch and see these things with, with 3D glasses on to make you feel like you're literally standing inside of it. And I remember when the very first iPhone came out, it was the talk of how impressive the screen was and how neat it was to look at. But a few short years later, three years later, they debuted what's called as the retina display. What is a retina display? Well, it's said that the human eye can only see 300 pixels. And uh, that particular iPhone had a stunning 326 pixels per inch. So just to give a comparison, if you were going to look at an old uh, screen where you would turn the, turn the knob, that would be about anywhere from 50 to 80 pixels per inch. But this one has 326 pixels per inch. So that it's absolutely impossible to distinguish one of those small pixels. Now, that screen is not just on iPhones, but iPads and computers. And every screen that I have has to be a retina display. I don't know why. I don't know the difference, but I have to have it. But what we are living in is the midst of a revival of resolution. We are now living in a time where once... What used to be black and white and gray is now a world full of vivid color and interactive experiences. You see, what we have to understand, and as I kind of move in and transition, and what I feel like the Lord has given me for tonight, is that what we were seeing became clearer over time. See, what we have to understand, though, is that the image on the other side of what was being shot never changed. It was just... The way in which we perceive it. It's just the way in which we see it. And I believe that God is in a place where he wants this church and the church to start seeing things the way that they truly are.
No more black and white and no more faded facades of what could have been or what might be, but just the vivid, bright reality of a God-ordained destiny. Can I tell you that we don't need just good preaching only, and we don't need just good church only, and we don't need a move of God only, but we must seek and know where God wants to take us. We've got to understand that there's something bigger for us than just, than just coming to church and enjoying a good service. And, and I think that's important. And you heard me talk about it today, how important it is to be in the house of God. And it's also very important that you participate in all these different ministries and these different things. But living for God is not just dating Him on Sundays and Wednesdays. But it's about making sure that every single day we spend some time with God. That we spend time in prayer. That we spend time in fasting. I know it's not uh, fancier. Or, or, or usual for an evangelist to preach about it. But let me tell you something. It's important that we make sure that our faith still stays in the book. It's important to know that we're still praying, that we're still fasting. We've got to know what Jesus desires from us. And that's not going to happen from just listening to good sermons. That's not going to happen from just talking to one another. That's not going to happen from just listening to podcasts and getting inspired. But that's going to happen when we, when we dig our face in the book. And when we dig our face in some prayer. And we find us at, listen, and we have entertainment rooms. And we have media rooms. And we have, we have playrooms. But when's the last time we thought about putting a prayer room in our house? Because we've got to understand. That this is more than just coming to church but there is a deep reality that God wants to show us as we turn, return to our text for tonight we find out where we find Jesus arriving at Bethesda to be encountered by a group bringing him a blind man that needed to be healed Mark 8 and 22 and he cometh to Bethesda and they bring him Bring a blind man unto him, and they besought him to touch him. They said, this blind man needs a miracle. Right? So there's a miracle that needs to be done. And they know who to take him to. Can I stop here and say this? I think it'd be alright if, if this church got a reputation in this city. That before they took him to the doctor, they took him to church. That before you try everything, why don't you try Jesus first? Let me tell you something. There can be miracles in this room right now. And there can be a healing in this room right now. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday night. It doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday night. God can still work miracles. God can still work a work in your life. Come on, why don't you clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. He sought him to touch him. Verse 23. Watch. Jesus took the blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand. Watch. And he led him out of the town. 
before Jesus help me right now preach what I'm trying to preach to these people and before the miracle ever happened Jesus had to take him out of the confines of the familiar and take him somewhere that he was not familiar with can I tell you that I truly believe that there is a distinct miracle that's waiting for you but it's waiting for you to get outside of the comfort zone of where you're at and start to go somewhere that you've never been before I'm trying to preach to you with everything I've got in this room that God has a destiny for you and God has a design for you but it's going to take him taking you somewhere that you've never been and you might feel a little uncomfortable and you might not have been there but it's Jesus saying I got to get you out of the town I got to get you out of your of the regular I got to get you out of the confines of the normal and I've got to take you somewhere that you've never been he said I got to get you away from all these doubters I got to get you away from all these people trying to harm me you see the thing is help me Lord we get content with touches in town when God's really wanting to take us somewhere we get content with just reaching out and touching Jesus when really there's a deeper place that God wants to take you visitor friend or person that's maybe been coming for a little while can I tell you that there's more than just coming here and enjoying a good service and going home not change but can I tell you that God wants to take you somewhere that you've never been can I tell you that God has more for you than just coming to church God has more for you than just enjoying a good service but God has a destiny for you and God has a design for you and if you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost or you've never been baptized in Jesus name I come to you almost as a beggar tonight saying please consider being baptized please consider coming tonight and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost because there's a greater reality than what you can imagine on the other side I love Sunday church was amazing conversations I'll probably tweet about how much fun I had here in a little bit and I love those but I think God wouldn't mind seeing a little more Monday, Monday afternoon Bible studies were amazing. I think God would like to see some more of some P7 kids and the Bible studies at their schools. But God wants to take us somewhere. One of the hardest things in the world, I think, in or hardest things in your walk with God is when you have an unsafe family member. You get an amen? That's a, that's a very traumatic thing to deal with. Probably one of the hardest things that I personally have dealt with in my walk with God is seeing my family that I know should be saved and, and even they know that they need to get things right, but they've just walked away from God. I uh, remember a few years ago, we had been praying, my wife and I had been praying for her mother, or her grandmother. And Nana was a sweet lady. <clears throat> and Nana was a sweet lady. And we watched as we would pray for her and seek God and pray for her. And we wanted God to touch her life and we didn't have any answers to it. And looks like the answer to the story is already on the screen. But we asked, she looked at me one day, she walked into church. She looked at the baptistry and she saw an image and she said, it looks like the Lord. And immediately she started to cry. She said, who put that up on the wall? And she said, no, nothing's on the wall. 
her sister that was with her said, nothing's on that wall. The Lord showed her a visible manifestation. She wasn't in church. She didn't have anything. She, she, she doesn't, she's a sweet lady, but didn't have everything together. And all of a sudden, she started to weep, and it sent her on a journey. It sent her on a journey. To, and we had no idea. We've been praying for Nan for years. Finally, it got to the point to where, you know, you just get to the point sometimes where you invite people to church. And you can't do it, or they're going to like be like, listen, I'm just going to disown you as a family member if you keep asking me. <laughs> and so, I, uh, we had been praying and asking God to, to touch me, and we had no idea that this was happening. One day I'm sitting down, eating lunch at her house, because it was free and she makes good pizza. <laughs> she sat down, and all of a sudden she pulled off her glasses. She was a little shaky. She pulled off her glasses and looked at me. And she said, Anthony, I don't know what's happening to me. She said, but I've been to your church once or twice and I've seen what you guys do. And she said, I, 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 I'm not a perfect person. She said, I try to be a good person. But I know I have things that aren't right and I know I need to get right with God. She said, when I lay in bed at night... She said, I start thinking about God. I start thinking about how I need to get right with Him. And she said, all of a sudden, I just start to sit there and cry. And tears start to flow down my face. And tears start to pour down my cheeks. She said, I can't control it. She said, all of a sudden, I start shaking. She said, and I sit there in that bed. And I start to feel bad for what I've done. And I start to feel sorry for what I've done. And she said, she said all of a sudden, she says, I start saying words that I don't understand. Do you know what's happening? I said, you better believe I know what's happening, man. I said, that's the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking through you. And I come to tell you what I saw on one side of the image was just a blurry image. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to it. But when Jesus is working on the other side, all of a sudden things started to reveal itself. All of a sudden, I looked at her and I said, Nan, I explained to her baptism. I said, Nan, you got to understand what you've experienced. I said, have you ever heard of the death, burial, and resurrection? She said, is that what Jesus went through? I said, yes. I said, man, that's the gospel. When Jesus died, that means we have to die. See, Jesus doesn't ask us to go through anything that he didn't go through himself. I said, Nan, you've got to be buried by baptism. I said, Nan, you see, I have to understand is that Jesus died. That's repentance. I said, Nan, you didn't even realize it, but you sat in that room. And when you cried and when you were feeling bad for your sins and when you were saying that you were sorry, that was God seeing your repentant heart. And I said, when, when, but Jesus wasn't just buried. Jesus didn't die, but he was buried. I said, Scripture says that we are buried with Him by baptism. I'm preaching the gospel to you right now if you don't realize it. I said, Scripture says that you're buried with Him by baptism. And baptism is not was just an outward sign of an inward experience. It's not just something that you can do to just, to just say that it's an outward expression of your faith. But baptism is a commandment in Scripture that... So I said, Nan... It's not just an option, but you've got to, you've got to be baptized. You see, Jesus was baptized, and so we, or Jesus was buried, so we have to be buried. Like I said, they said we're, we're buried with him by baptism. And so when we go down under that water, we're buried in Jesus' name. And when we come out, we come out with our sins washed away. We come out with a, with a, with a new beginning, a new start. She said, well, that would sound good. I said, all right. And I said, but Jesus didn't, wasn't just didn't just die and he didn't wasn't just buried but he came back to life 
And he had a new start and a new beginning and a new hope. And I said, man, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Scripture says that it's a new life, that it's a new beginning. And so when you spoke in tongues, you died out to the old person and a new person came in. And that, that was Jesus proving to you that he's living inside of you. I said, man, that's nothing weird or nothing crazy. That's Jesus proving to you that he's filling you with the Spirit. She said, she said, well, I've done two with a three. I said, yes, you have, Nan. I said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll take you. It was on a Tuesday. I said, we'll take you to the church tomorrow night. After church, we'll baptize you. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. She said, "Uh uh-uh. You work there. You're a preacher. You can baptize me now. So we drove down to church and we baptized name in the wonderful saving name of Jesus Christ. I've come to tell you that even when it doesn't make sense, even when the image looks like there's nothing happening, I've come to tell you that there is a hope when it looks like there's no hope. And there's... Wish somebody would give God praise in this room for what God's going to do for you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. That's not all. After I baptized her, she was going to meet the doctor the next day for a chronic shoulder problem. She was going to go in for her final consultation for her shoulder surgery. She said, that she said Anthony, she came out... Because we celebrate baptism in Zanesville. I don't know if y'all celebrate it here, but it's a big deal here. Or a big deal. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, that's a big deal. So I said, Nan, I said, how do you, how do you feel? She said, I feel great. She said, you, you know I'm scheduled for that arm, that shoulder, that final consultation for my shoulder surgery, right? I said, yeah, I do, Nan. She said, I could barely get that baptismal robe thing on that you gave me. That thing's so heavy. She said, I could barely get it on. You kind of see it there. If you notice, you probably don't see it there, but she was favoring her shoulder. Even there, she hesitant for me to even put her under. She said, but when I came out of that water, she said, I didn't even realize it. She said, until I went back to change and I took it off and I put my other shirt back on. She said, and I didn't feel any pain at all. She said, my arm doesn't hurt at all. Can I tell you that she never had that shoulder surgery? Because when Jesus shows up, Prayer provokes the miraculous. We sat in that room and prayed every night. But I've come to tell you, you might be praying and you might have been praying for a long time. But can I tell you, don't stop praying. Don't give up because Jesus is still moving. You might not see it yet, but he's doing something that you don't even realize. See, we provide the prayer and God provides the miracle. I come to tell you that I think it's time that we look at negative influences that have rendered us blind in our world and say, get out of town. I think it's time that we look at carnality and selfish things and say, get out of town. I think it's time that we take selfish consumerism that says that I've got to have the latest and greatest and say, I'm getting out of town. I don't believe we need just another move of God. But I believe we need a revival of resolution to see things the way that God sees them. 
where there may be no hope, but there is a God. I'm trying to conclude. Y'all help me here because I didn't, I didn't start my timer, so this could be dangerous. Don't get nervous. I'll take a Jeff Arnold five more minutes, okay? <laughs> Laban's, or Jacob's past caught up to him. He was running and escaping his past. Jacob's past caught up to him in the form of Laban, his father-in-law, in Genesis 31. I'm not going to get into the details of the story, but I think it would be good for you to spend some time in Genesis 30 and 31 and kind of learn a little bit more about what we were preaching about this week. Scripture says, So Jacob took up a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And they ate there on the heap. And Laban, the past, the representation of who you used to be and what you used to do and what you used to participate in. Laban called it Yegar Shethuda. But Jacob said, I'm not going to let my past name my testimony. Laban called it Yegar Shethuda, but Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, this heap, in verse 48, this heap is a witness between you and me this day. Watch. Therefore, its name was called Galid. Yegar Shethuda means a heap of witness. But Galid means a testimony. And I hope you hear me in this room right now that what the enemy wanted to call waste, God wanted it to be known as a testimony. What the enemy calls is, oh, that's just a sacrifice that you're making. Or, oh, that's just a decision that you're making. Why do you have to do this? And why do you have to dress this way? And why do you have to talk this way? I'll tell you why. Because you might look at it as waste, but I look at it as a testimony. You might look at it as something that's not needed. But when I look at it, I look at it as the reason why I'm freed. I look at it as the reason why I'm set free. Help me right now, Jesus. I've come to preach to you today. Some of you are still stuck in your past. Some of you were still broken by what's happened in your past. But I believe you can have a good lead moment in this room. That before you leave here today, you're going to realize what the devil meant to destroy me. God is going to use to bless me. God is going to use this for me to understand that it's my testimony. See, persecution is a sign you've got the right perspective. And you can't let the detractors distract you or be discouraged by the size of your problem. David was not discouraged by the size of his giant. He just made the decision to face him. First Samuel 17 and 45. Then David said unto the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He said, you come to me with technology. And you come to me with the latest and greatest 
But I come to you in the everlasting, in the alpha, and the omega. You come to me with fancy things, but I come to you with eternal things. He said, I come to you in the name. Can I tell you that you might be in the minority physically, but with God, you're always in the majority. You are not the sum total of your parts. Hear me. You are not just some defeated Christian that just sits on a pew. But you are the bride and the elect of Jesus Christ. I've come to tell you that you are the head and not the tail. You're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. You're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. You're not the low end of the totem pole. You are not defeated. And the devil may have you delayed, but you are not destroyed. Devil or God has a destiny for you. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. For we, but we are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted. Wish I had some apostolics to help me in this room right now. We are persecuted but not forsaken. And we are cast down but not destroyed. And I may be broken and I may be hurt. And I may be in a situation that I don't understand. But we don't need just another great altar call which we're about to have. But we must have a greater perspective on who we are. Many times in scripture, God would shrink armies to perform the miraculous. To prove to us that he doesn't need us. That he doesn't need our gifting. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. He doesn't need fancy things. He needs available things. How many times would God shrink armies to perform the miraculous? The four leprous men that said, why sit here we die until they had a battle or won a victory over the Syrians. What about Gideon's 300 chosen men that were whittled down from a massive army? What about David and Goliath who was smaller and outnumbered and didn't have enough resources? What about the walls of Jericho where they just walked around a city and the walls came tumbling down? Because God wants to prove, I don't need your extra things. I just need you to be available. Then went, then, after all these victories, especially directly after the walls of Jericho, the children of Israel, go to the land of Ai. They outnumbered Ai, and then they lost because there was still sin in the camp. Achan had taken from the world had taken from the spoils of battle in Jericho and had taken things that did not belong to him. Scripture says it was a Babylonish garment and money. See, immediately when we start to get a little position and we start to grow a little bit, we want to start taking what the world looks like and taking the world's money. Be careful when the devil offers you prestige. See, the problem comes when we think we need more stuff to win the battle. When we need more talent to overcome our adversary. When we need more money to do God's will. But we don't need more to win the battle. We just need Him. 
ready to go somewhere. Musicians, you can come. I think we can stop saying that if I do this and if I do that, but start proclaiming that he will do this and he will do that. Because the battle is not ours, but it's God's. Mark 8 and 24. We continue. Mark 8 and 24. And he looked up. This is a blind man. After Jesus has prayed for him. I'm I'm hastening. He said, I see men as trees walking. Watch. Sometimes even Jesus has to pray a second time. I'm hurrying. And after he put his hands upon his eyes and made him look up, he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town, watch again, neither go into the town or tell it to anybody in the town. Because the miracle wasn't what was going on around the blind man. But the miracle was that the man could see what was in front of him and his eyes were open. I believe that there's a miracle in front of this church that you can't even see yet that God is about to do. Help me, God. I'm concluding. Peter sees Jesus afar off. Things aren't quite clear and doesn't quite make sense. Jesus bids him to come. Peter gets out on the water and he starts to rock. And all of a sudden, the rockier things got, the closer he got to Jesus. Let me tell you something. Every step that you take towards God is another step that the devil tries to take against you. The devil's okay with you staying where you're at, but he's not okay with you moving forward. The closer he got, the rockier things got. Peter decides to take his eyes off Jesus and put his eyes on the storm. See, Peter, help me God, Peter may have lost his perspective. He may have lost what he was supposed to be focusing on, but he still didn't lose his purpose. He still was meant to get to Jesus. And Jesus walked out on that water and made his way to him. And even though Peter was drowning, he looked at Peter and he said, it might be over your head right now, but it's under my feet, and I'll take care of everything that you need. Can I tell somebody right now? I feel the Holy Ghost just walking up and down this room. I hope you'll help me respond here in a few moments. But some of you are walking in this room and you feel like you're drowning. You feel like you've got no hope. You feel like there's no peace in your life. But can I tell you that when you feel like you're drowning, you might feel over your head, but it's under Jesus' feet. And he's going to reach down and pick you up from where you are and say, you're not going to walk this alone anymore. I'm coming to you and meeting you where you're at. For some of us, though, it's not about needing a miracle. It's about changing your perspective. We don't earn His grace. We receive His grace. Let's stand.
I'm finishing. Numbers 13 and 23. Can I testify to you for a few moments? Can I tell you our story in Zanesville? We came there. This is an interesting story, considering the name of your church. But when I came to Zanesville, when I came to the church in Zanesville, we were down to about 117, 125 on a good Sunday. Just built a new sanctuary. Can we be transparent here? We dealt with a little church split. People don't preach about that stuff very often, do they? We dealt with a little trouble. Dealt with some issues. And I remember as my bishop got up. Never discount the word of a bishop. My bishop gets up. He brought up a sword. He said, God, if there's anybody that's hindering revival, I pray that you would cut them out and let the branch fall. So that the tree can grow strong. I'm not saying that needs to happen here. I'm telling you my story. And I watched as all of a sudden, the Lord started to do some amazing things in Zanesville. Now, or really now, it's even more amazing. Now they have about seven daughter works. They've got about 13 to 14 churches started out of a missionary out of our own church that's not sponsored by anybody else, but that's sent from our church. We have two missionaries now that's sent directly out of our church. If you come on a random Sunday, we'll probably have about five or six. And then I was telling them today, if we really push on a Sunday, on all of our daughter works, we'll have a thousand people. Not to brag. Here's what I'll tell you. But it started with some circumstances that were difficult. And sometimes... You don't hear this stuff preached. But sometimes you've got to go through a little bit of trouble to get to where God needs you to be. And sometimes there's some pruning and some things that have to happen in order for God to place you in the will that He has for you. Book of Numbers. I'm concluding. Book of Numbers, 13 and 23. Joshua sends spies into the promised land. The Lord has gave me a word for this church. I feel like this is really where it's at. This is why I've come. Numbers 13, 23. And they came to the brook of Eshel and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two upon a staff. That's some big grapes. And they brought the pomegranates and the figs. And the place was called the brook Eshel because the cluster of grapes with the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land after 40 days. There's so much in here, but I want to get to where God wants me to go here. And verse 26, and when they went and came to Moses and into Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and the Kadesh and brought back the word unto them and to all the congregation, they showed them the fruit of the land. He said, we've got a branch to show you. He said, we had a taste of the promised land and we've got some bigger things than you could ever imagine to show you. They told him and said, 
We came into the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. That's exciting, right? In this capital campaign and what you're doing, I believe God is giving you a taste of the branch of the tree. But there's bigger things than you could ever imagine than what's happening in this room right now. Well, watch. Watch their response. This is so big. This is, this is way bigger than we could ever imagine. This is more than we could ever consider happening to our little church. This is bigger than we could ever imagine to happen in, in our little city. Please understand, I'm not trying to call you little. That's not what I'm saying. You know what I will say? That it's going to get way bigger from here. You've just tasted a branch of the tree that God wants to give to this church. And can I tell you that there's more than just little branches, but there is a promised land of overabundance. And there's a promised land that God is pushing you to and, and propelling you to. But watch their response. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. You see, they heard the promise, but they doubted the process. That's why what you're doing in this church is so important. Because this is the process to get you to the promise. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell by the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb... I wish we had somebody with a Caleb spirit in this room tonight. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. The men went up with them and said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which, which we have gone to search of it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, and, when, and, and which come up the giants. Watch. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We were grasshoppers. He said, we just felt like this was way too big for us. When pastor preaches about the destiny of this church, when pastor preaches about the new building, when pastor preaches about all the souls that needs to be saved in this city, it's time that we don't just look back and say, well, I think that's a big vision. I'm not sure that it could happen here. No, we need to look at him and say, pastor, we're well able to overcome. I know it's a big city. I know there's bigger churches than us, but we're well able. God has greater things for you than just small grapes. 
God has greater things for you than just a taste of what's happening. Some of you need to lift your hands right now in this room. I'm not preaching to you something that's just trying to tickle your ears. I'm telling you that there is a destiny that's placed before this church that's bigger than you could ever imagine. And you've only got a taste of what God wants to do. Maybe you're in this room today. Now I'm going to make it personal. I've preached to the church as a whole, but now I want to make it personal. Maybe you're in this room today, and you've just enjoyed a taste of what you're experiencing here. But can I tell you that there's a whole lot more than just a taste of a cluster of grapes. But there's a whole tree that you can discover that God has for you. There's a whole tree and it's filled with the fruit of the Spirit and it's filled with the Holy Ghost and it's filled with being baptized in Jesus' name. You see, you got to understand that you've thought less of yourself and you thought, well, I've got to get this together and I've got to get that together and I've got to get this right and I've got to get that right. No, 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 baby. You totally missed it. You've looked at it like the, like the 10 spies that just don't believe it. But I've come to tell you, you're well able to have a miracle. You're well able to get the Holy Ghost. You're well able to be baptized in Jesus' name. You're well able to get the miracle that you've been seeking. You're well able to be healed. You're well able to be touched. Come on, give the Lord some praise in this room. Come on, I wonder if you could unashamed just take a few moments and give the Lord some praise in this house for what he's... if you want something bigger than just small grapes I'm opening this altar to you right now if you want something bigger than just normal if you want something bigger than average I'm opening this this altar call to you right now if you're here today and you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost he's got something bigger for you if you're here today and you need to be baptized in Jesus name he's got something greater for you If you're here today and you need a healing, you need a physical healing in your body, you need emotional healing, can I tell you that there's something bigger for you? There's something greater for you. You don't have to end up hurt. You don't have to end up broken. But you're well able! If you're in these altars, if you're still in the, in the back area, would you find somebody and pray with them right now? Come on, we're well able. Come on, these altars are open. Would you please come? Would you please come? Would you please come? God wants to change your world. Would you please come? God wants to change your perspective.
Come on, I will lift mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. All it takes is just taking and changing the way that you're looking at things. There's a help that's coming. Come on, that's it. Keep worshiping him. Keep praising him. And I'm still inviting you to this altar. God still wants to move. That's it. <laughs> 